following is an R.E.D. Podcast Network production, bringing on-demand geek audio straight to your eardrums one podcast at a time. To listen to more great geek audio podcasts, check out the R.E.D. Podcast Network at redpodcastnetwork.com, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. The 11pm Somewhere Podcast, I am your Maharaja of Fizzy Piss Rage, the Pope of Craft Porter Inn, and each week I jump atop my beer crate adorned at my craft beer parasheath, shooing away the bland, tasteless dullards of the beer-producing world to lend my voice to the Irish craft beer revolution. Thanks once again for daring to put the world's most dangerous beer podcast in your ears. First of all, I want to say thanks to everyone who has been downloading the show and been adding me on the Twitters. It's been amazing. Today, I think I'm up to like 300 followers on Twitter, which jokingly is almost as nearly members as Bjor has. That might be a sore point, but it's only a joke. Only kidding, guys. You know, I have nothing but love for you. It's why I'm one of those 300 members. Uh, <laughs> I've been waiting to joke about that. No, it's kidding. <clears throat> So, uh, you know, it's been amazing. Uh, the response I've been getting to the podcast, including the sort of the countries that it's being downloaded from now, just seems to be growing, which is actually really, really cool. It started off as just a podcast that was being downloaded by people in Ireland. There was a couple of British uh, downloads going in there. Then I started getting US downloads going in, and then I started getting the uh, sort of German downloads. I had one or two Polish downloads. <clears throat> coming in as well and it's just been phenomenal to just start seeing more and more different countries rolling in either that or people are using vpns to listen to the podcast from ireland to other countries uh, either way you know much appreciated and what i wanted to do this week was something a little bit different uh, i've been getting sort of an increase of mails coming in and i've been just sort of responding to people as i've been coming in as well uh, which has been kind of cool. Uh, I do a lot of other podcasts, and I don't really get an awful lot of mail on those. I get more Twitter thingies on them than anything else. This one seems to have uh, gotten people to <clears throat> email me, and it's been great. So I decided what I'm going to do is I'm going to start creating mailbag shows where I'll let sort of mail gather up for a couple of weeks. Uh, and what I'll do is then I'll just share the emails on the show and respond to them on the show as well. I'll have sent people responses depending on what they'd asked me. Now there's a couple of emails that I won't be including on this show and the reason being it was more about people's travel plans and they were coming here and it was from American listeners who were looking for either places to stay that I could recommend or places that I could actually recommend them or breweries I could recommend them to go and visit and uh, <clears throat> how they could go about those and whether that was, was such a thing here. Uh, so I'm not going to bother doing those. But there was maybe three or so that I got in the last sort of uh, week that I actually really wanted to share and really do. So without further ado, I want to get into these. So the first one actually came in from Tim. And there's, these are in no particular order. This is I just wanted to choose this one first. And Tim says, Hi Ian. Firstly, can I say it's great to have a podcast specifically aimed at the craft beer scene here in Ireland. With so much happening in this area, it's good to have somebody out there talking to the brewers and highlighting the fantastic work going on in reviving real beer in Ireland. I just wanted to send some feedback, which I hope you find is constructive. I just want to send some feedback, which I hope you uh, find constructive. Second, uh, I have found that the recording quality in some of the podcasts which are done on location makes it quite difficult to hear what's been said. In particular, I'm thinking of shows where you're interviewing people and the location is a bar or another location where there's an echo or background noise. 
Anyway, as I said earlier, just trying to give you some constructive feedback. When it comes down to it, I'm sure you want as many people as possible to be able to get as much as possible from each podcast. Regards, Tim. Now, I could have a couple of other bits and pieces, which was specific critiques around certain episodes, just to try and bring to the... the the uh, crux of that. Tim, I want to say thanks for the email and I hope you don't mind me sharing it with the good folks who listen to the podcast. As you know already, I've responded to you directly. And what I'll do is I'm going to share a little bit of that forum one with the rest of the folks who listen to the show and someone who probably have the same concerns or the same uh, same thoughts. And, you know, the first show that I did on location, or the first of which was the Brewers of Ireland series, uh, you know, that was a real crapshoot of a podcast that I was doing. Number one, I was running really late from work. It was kind of like a last minute, hey, I'm available, you got time to do it, and all they had at me was my actual iPod Touch, uh, which I bought specifically for doing on-the-road podcasts, or out-and-about podcasts, or record audio when I'm out-and-about. And, you know, I the bar started out quiet, and then they started sticking on music, and I just, you know, at that point I wasn't sure whether I was going to have a podcast or not. Uh, the result of it was surprising. Could it have been better? Hell yeah. Was there a lesson learned from it? Of course there was. Uh, and then and then at that point I'd realised, you know, uh, my studio mic that I have, which is my iRig mic, it's a really, really good mic, but carrying it around is a pain in the ass because the thing weighs a ton. So I'd got myself one of the iRig portables, which I'd noticed a couple of reporters for radio stations had over here for plugging into their iPhones and their, and their own iPods and everything else. So I got one of those. And I think the second one that I did, and I think that was uh, down in Roddy's place in Meath, um... You know, the one thing I did with that was I actually had the mic not angled and directioned correctly. So, um, I guess on that show, the uh, quality of the audio wasn't particularly great because uh, they were kind of faint in the background. Now, I was trying to bring them up in post, but it, it wasn't as successful with it as I thought it was going to be. And I think the last one I did, which was in a, a brewery's uh, own, like, one of their MD's offices... Uh, you know, wasn't great sound insulation in the office. It was kind of tinny, and then with the three of us, or the way it was structured was, we were all kind of in a big circle, and I had a mic which was a directional mic, and trying to capture everyone in that was a bit painful. Uh, so that kind of was what it was. And, you know, I try to clean up the audio as much as I can in post without getting into too much editing. I think when you start doing podcasts and getting into way too much editing on them, they start becoming like almost like a studio quality shows. And I think that detracts from what podcasts are supposed to be. It's supposed to differentiate itself from being a radio production. Um, and I don't think it's particularly good for podcasts to get into that. And there are some people out there who are proponents of podcasting who will say, hey, always make sure you try and put out the cleanest amount of audio possible. And I believe, and I can, I agree with that to a certain extent. But there's another part of it where I kind of like the raw, rough, rough and rugged part of it as well. Uh, and again, that's just me and my own personal style. And, and like these podcasts, when I do them, they tend to be like about putting my personality and my uh, way of doing things um, abroad. I'm never one to actually go and sit there with convention. Uh, convention and me are not best friends. We will never be best friends. Um, what I always try to do with each podcast is I try to make the next one better than the last one that went out. It's something that I'm always sort of conscious of. Always be improving stuff. Never say I'm happy with that. Always be trying to find the next big thing to actually push it forward. And just to explain that a little bit, I think from the outset of doing this particular podcast, and this was a podcast that I had started after doing podcasts on other topics for the last two years, where I'd actually done the largest amount of investment in terms of cash. 
as I said, I knew I was going to be doing out and about podcast shows, so I went and bought myself an iPod Touch, which I thought would be kind of helpful uh, to be able to do recording with. Using my iPhone is not particularly reliable, uh, and again, it's also uh, it's a work phone as well, so I didn't really want to use it for that. Um, and I bought like a couple of different types of mics specifically for trying to get the best audio out of this, uh, because I changed the way I wanted to do podcasts. I'm starting to do, starting to do so many of them. I needed to find a way to be able to do them better, quicker, and easier, and be able to do the editing with the least amount of fuss, but be able to make the maximum amount of impact. So it became down to using iRig stuff. iRig stuff isn't isn't uh, cheap by any circumstances. I think I spent in terms of like kit to do this podcast. I think I've spent about four hundred and fifty euros. And the other shows that I do have seen the benefits out of that as well, so I can't really say that it was exclusive to just doing the 11pm one, but it's enough that it's given me uh, a decent set of kit to be able to keep knocking out podcasts frequently, do podcasts on the road as well, which I've done for a couple other ones. I've actually podcasted from the car uh, in a couple of cases, and you guys know that from one episode that I've actually done. Um, You know what? If I'm doing something good, bad, or otherwise on a podcast that you dig and you want to send me that feedback, by all means, hit me with the feedback. I mean, when I do the podcast, sure, there's a little bit of selfishness involved in it, um, and there is a certain part of my agenda, and my agenda is always going to be pushing craft beer and real beer in this country, and trying to convert as many craft beer virgins as I can, uh, one virgin at a time. Um, so what I want to do is, if there is something that I'm doing, send me that feedback. Either hit me up in the email, hit me up on the Twitter. If you want me to share it on the show as part of a mailbag, let me know, and I'll do it. If you don't want me to share it, coincidentally, also say that as well. I mean, I love the heck out of doing these podcasts, especially the 11 p.m. summer one, which you're listening to right now. And, you know, being able to stay, uh, sort of share the stories with brewers or from brewers or from beer geeks or sort of my own stories as well and and others who love craft beer in Ireland, you know, it's always what drives the show forward. And, you know, finding ways to get more people excited and familiar with, like, craft beers in this country is a central goal and is really the focal point of the podcast. Um... Anyway, I want to thank anyone who gives me time to in their ears to listen to podcasts. I mean, I've said this before. When some brewers say to me they listen to the podcast while they brew, on one hand, it's a really trippy thing. And as I've joked before, you know, if there's a downturn in the quality of the beer as a result of listening to this show, I'm taking no blame whatsoever. If, however, there's an improvement in the beer as a result of listening to the podcast, by all means, I'll take all the plaudits and all the credits possible. That's just how this works, because I'm that kind of guy. Yeah, I really, I am. Uh, and you know what? I want to thank anyone who gives me feedback, uh, good, bad, or indifferent always helpful to get feedback you know hopefully as i'm getting feedback on the show the show will sort of become better and it'll become something which the listeners feel that they've invested in and they're getting more out of it so i'm hoping i'm repaying listeners in kind in that respect so the second email that i want to get into uh is chris k from philadelphia and Chris wrote to me and goes, Hi Ian, just wanted to say I'm a newcomer to the show, loving what I'm hearing so far. Seems there's a growing craft beer scene there in Dublin. Uh, it's not just Dublin, Chris, it's Ireland too. I'm hoping I get to try some of the beers you've talked about on the last show when I get to Dublin in the summer. I know you've talked about your love for some of the more interesting beer flavours and craft brewers, but I've not heard you mention any odd flavours other than a ginger porter on the show, and I can't seem to find any other odd flavoured beers when I look at Irish craft brewers. Are there any you can recommend when I get there? Keep up the great work, Chris. Uh, Chris... Wow, Philadelphia. Uh, and just as an FYI, I actually used to live just outside Philadelphia there in Eddystone, a.k.a. E-Rock, uh, for a while, way back in the day. 
And I love Philadelphia. Philadelphia, for me, when I lived there, was actually my first real introduction to uh, American craft beer and American beers. I think the first beer I had when I was there was a Samuel Adams. Uh, and then I'd, I'd Sierra Nevadas and I'd Anchors. And uh, I had a couple of other local ones as well. And I'm ashamed to say, I actually also had a Pabst while I was there too. Uh, and I didn't think much of it because I had a Pabst after I'd had Sierra Nevada, so it was a huge difference. Uh, and that was when I was in my early 20s, and I didn't really understand the whole thing of the uh, craft beers. But needless to say, during my time in the US, I drank an awful lot of Anchor, and I drank an awful lot of Sam Adams as well. Um, really enjoyed those beers, as anyone knows. Uh, you know, Chris, that's actually a really, really good question. Um, you know, I think here in Ireland we've actually got a fairly reserved uh, craft beer brewing scene on the commercial level anyway. Uh, on the home brewing level, however, just take a dive into like national home brewing forums or some of the homebrew forums on Bjor, and you see that some of the beers the guys are churning out and they're actually making themselves, and it's just like a mad scientist's uh, convention when it comes to like home brewing and the type of beers people are doing and the experimentation they're doing. And I think you know that's actually kind of natural to home brewing around the world at the moment. If you look at it, they're doing some really innovative and really cool things. And some of those guys who are home brewers go on to become commercial brewers. Other guys stay doing it because they love doing it. And they don't really want to do it commercially. For them, it's a hobby, and they're happy to do it as a hobby. Um, and you know what, Chris, in terms of like year-round like off-centered ales, and I say that quote-unquote, uh, I'm just rubbing completely from the page book of Sam Caligione from Dogfish Head when I say off-centered ales for off-centered people. Um, we don't really have that kind of craft beer culture in terms of uh, brewing in this country. I mean, yeah, you've got Metal Man down in Waterford who have this uh, chameleon uh, label that they tend to put out their experimental beers under. And they've put out a couple of cracking ones. I mean, uh, two from last year to come to mind. I haven't been that enamoured with the ones this year. But last year, like, uh, I really loved their uh, Ginger or Blackberry. That was actually really interesting. My mate actually really didn't like that one. Uh, he was like, Ginger and Blackberry never belong together. Whatever, dude. Uh, and then you've got Smokescreen, which was their lightly smoked porter, which I actually really, really liked. Now, I was actually spoiled when I had Smokescreen and I tried it. And the reason being was, at the same time, I had Otter Banks Ferrami. And that utterly ruined me. <laughs> uh, so, uh, sorry, Tim. Uh, your beer was amazing, but when I had it next to uh, that beer, it was it was it was uh, that beer just won over. But you, nonetheless, it didn't detract from that beer being as amazing as it was. And Chris, here's the thing: I really don't think we're at the point of having what I affectionately term like a weird beard Irish craft beer all year round. Um, yeah, some of the craft brewers may have oddball ones that they have in their own tap rooms for people who come down. And then at the All-Ireland Craft Beer Fest in September, sort of mid-autumn, uh, you may see some show specials. But, you know, right now, if you want an all-year-round oddball beer, um, unfortunately, it's, you just have to go for imported beers. And I say imported beers, I mean things like, and even when I say oddball, like things like Williams Brothers Tabry beer, uh, Freyak, which is their Heather beer as well. Again, it's imported. Uh, or if you go into some of the other like ones from one of the other well-known Scottish brewers, or you get some of the American ones that come in, um, but they don't tend to be oddball ones. They tend to be like these seasonal-ish ones where you get saisons that are like wickedly flavored with different things, uh, or you get vices or. Uh, you get a couple of specialties, like you get 200 Fathoms, but it's not really a year-round oddball one from Galway Bay. I mean, sure, you've got their uh, full sale, and, you know, 
there's there's nothing out there which is like we don't have like dogfish head style namaste beers which are flavored with teas and all sorts of weird stuff and uh we don't have anything like the, like those type of brewers here in Ireland. And you know what? I'm hoping at some stage, like in 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 a couple of years, when the Irish craft beer scene grows up a little bit more, when it gets into those angsty teenage years, as I like to call it. Because right now, I think it's probably about the five or six year old who's somewhat compliant, but a tiny little bit petulant. Uh, when it gets to like being the spotty, angsty, anti-corporate, anti-establishment teen, you know, when it's spotty and must have long hair and earrings and just sits in its room brooding and listening to like music which you think is too loud uh then i think we're going to start seeing some really crazy beers coming out and i think you may see one or two brewers who go down the route of having this really kick-ass line of beers and then at the same time just all year round just keep once a month every two months or whatever it is or a couple of times a year firing out these outrageous beers into the marketplace but i also think Part of the problem is our uh, laws in this country uh, around beer as well. It's really odd that I, and I, you know, it, it still bugs me that brewers in this country, uh, apart from Guinness, uh, but you know, if you're talking about like just uh, craft beer brewers, that how difficult it is for them to be able to sell beer on their premises. And I think that they should, that you shouldn't actually require an, a, a license to do that. If you've got a license to go and brew craft beer, you know, it goes hand in hand, just like common sense. And the thing common sense is it's not particularly common, but I mean, you've common sense says that you should be able to sell your beers on your premise. You should, and like these guys should be able to go out there and they should be able to like do small limited runs of beers that you can only buy at their, at the breweries. Or at a or at a at a shop at the brewery, or the brewery be able to sell them direct in limited amounts. Uh, I think that's just common sense, and it should happen. But you know, we've got like really antiquated licensing laws in this country, and they really need to be brought up to date. And you know, it's at the point where. There's no, there, there's not really allowed enough voice to go and do it, and I think the only way it's going to happen is people marching in combat with tanks uh, on government buildings uh, and, and and not afraid of the wrath of the Vintners Association or the Off License uh, Association um, to call for it because like the the big boys they don't really care. People like the Adjunta, they don't really give a monkeys, and they're never going to give a monkeys. They're comfortable. They don't need to worry about challenging convention. They can buy whatever it is that allows them to make what convention is. And that just is what it is. You know what, Dave? I've actually dropped you an email and I've suggested a couple of pubs for you to actually go and check out when you get into Dublin. Um, just to say to you as well, Dublin isn't the only place in this country where there's some kick-ass craft beer. Go down to Cork, there's some amazing ones. Uh, go to... There's a ton of pubs out there. All you need to do is just go up onto my Twitter list, go into the Irish pub list... Uh, and you'll actually be able to see a load of pubs. If you want to take a trip around the country, have a look at that list. You'll find some pubs to be able to go to. And use Google Maps, because guess what? Google Maps is your friend. Yeah, really it is. Dave, I want to say thanks just for uh, dropping me an email. I say Dave. I mean Chris. I'm already looking through. So, so Chris, thank you very much. Dave is the next email I'm going to do. Um, thank you for sending me an email, Chris. I really hope you enjoy your stay here. And if you get, when you get here, drop me a tweet or, uh, and, um, or drop me an email. And if, if there's anything else I can sort of point you in the direction of, please do. So, final email is actually from David. David, apologies if I confused you with Chris. And Chris, I apologize because I've confused you with David. Um, 
David says to me, Ian, I love your show and I want to be able to play it in the car as I take the kids to crash before work on Mondays, but the four-letter words may mean my wife will beat me if my two-year-old starts using the F-word because of the show. Help me out here. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering if I would ever get one of these, and I did. Uh, that's funny. Dave, look, I feel your pain, and anyone who knows me knows that I've just got a massive tendency for four-letter words, and I don't do that to disrespect, I don't do it because I think it's funny or cool. I mean, I'm a 35-year-old guy, I think I've kind of passed that, and I'm comfortable on my own skin. It's just kind of how I am. These things, words just fall out of my mouth. I mean, saying that, the running joke of me needing a swear bank, let alone a swear jar, at the rate I go on the show, it is duly noted. Uh, and I'll try and keep them down to a bare minimum. If one pops out, it's just going to be like a sneaky fart. It is what it is at that point. It happened. Get over it. Uh, and when it comes to the Brewers of Ireland series, and this was something that you pointed to in particular, actually, and you know what? That's it's fair to point. Um, the or the online uh, craft beer geek series that I do, I'll try and keep them as family friendly as possible because they tend to be longer shows, and they are ones that people tend to sort of share around and they seem to get like a lot more attention in terms of downloads so you know if a four letter word happens I will I will bleep it out or I will use a duck quack I'm not I know it will be duck quack I know for certain it will be a duck, duck quack that's just how it is and that's the last order sound uh, David thank you very much for your email Chris thank you for yours Tim thank you for yours and you know that bell definitely is the sound for last orders I'm going to say thanks for joining once again on this episode of 11pm Somewhere Podcast remember each week new episodes of the show are available on iTunes and Stitcher Radio Ian what's Stitcher Radio Stitcher Radio is a great way for you to listen to podcasts and find thousands of other great podcasts to listen to without having to take up storage on your mobile device just download the app from the iTunes store the Google Play store sign up for a free account free always a great thing free is amazing and then you'll be able to put this show in there and listen to the latest version of our latest episode of the show for free and listen to thousands of other great podcasts that are out there and you know what if you're on the iTunes or on the Stitcher Radio, why don't you leave me a review and a rating as it helps the show climb the ladder to podcast charts. And remember, you can always hit me up on the Twitter at 11pm somewhere. So, if you want to get in the mailbag for another episode in the future, just email me show at paladinstale.com. So until next time, I've been me, you've been you. And the last one left standing at the bar has to turn out the lights. Cheers to you, craft beer drinker Addy. <laughs>